welcome to the Confidence, Happiness and Positivity podcast. I'm Faye Edwards and in this series I'm going to be speaking to some amazing guests about their journeys towards happiness, confidence and positivity. We all know it's hugely important to be happy, confident and positive in life, but it doesn't always work that way. Things get in our way and our perspective changes. Our inspirational guests on the podcast will inspire us all to look at life with a more positive perspective and listening to their stories will help us increase the level of confidence and positivity in our own lives. Hello, welcome to the Confidence, Happiness and Positivity podcast with me, Faye Edwards. Today, I'm delighted to have an amazing guest, Vicky Etherington. Vicky is a website mentor who has been supporting entrepreneurs in their online marketing and with their websites since 2003. She now works with coaches, therapists, and people transitioning out of corporate to teach them how to grow their businesses online and create their own client attracting websites. Vicky's business is the website mentor. So, Vicky, tell us all about it. How did it begin? Oh, thank you, Faye. Thank you for having me. So, um, it was a rather convoluted journey to me becoming a website designer or even involved in websites, to be honest. I had, um, and it actually started in a very rural area of Zambia, <laughs> believe it oh, or wow. not, where we literally had no internet connection. Our nearest phone line was three hours drive away. And, um, and sometimes it would be months and months and months before we would have any contact with the outside world. In fact, I was there in 2001 and it was three weeks before we really gained the full extent and really understood what had happened at 9-11. And um, that's because someone eventually bought in a magazine for us to read. So it was a very far cry from the world of the internet. But what happened whilst I was out there was um, I met a couple from California and they asked if during the rainy season, I would go and work with them to help them launch their conservation projects and their conservancy organization over there. And so that's what I did. And whilst I was there in California with them, I became the director of marketing, which actually makes it sound as though I went from some kind of khaki safari girl that was just a kind of lay about watching crocodiles all day to, um, to actually becoming some kind of um, elevated marketing guru but I wasn't I had actually started my career at the BBC launching their digital services so I launched I, I was part of the team that launched BBC News 24 and basically did all the transition from analog over to digital so it wasn't it wasn't such a massive leap it's just that I'd taken time out in the meantime to be in Zambia the thing and, is, um, just uh, stop you there it seems like so many people who I've interviewed interviewed for this podcast their journey almost happened for them um because if you weren't in Zambia, you wouldn't have met these people and then it wouldn't have gone on to that journey in California. It's just so, it's so amazing how that synchronicity happens sometimes. And in fact, I did a talk at a conference recently and it was all about stepping into opportunities because there was every opportunity for me not to go to Zambia. In fact, the way that I ended up there was just through a conversation with a guy that I met at a bar in London whilst I was working in London. So I was in a normal corporate job <laughs> and I'd gone out for after dinner drinks with my housemate, ended up speaking to this guy. It turns out he had two safari lodges in sub-Saharan Africa and he was struggling to recruit people because they were so remote. And um, 
he, there wasn't a huge amount to recommend them apart from the fact that you were in this amazing wilderness. And, and I literally there and then said, I'm in. And I went to work the next day and I handed in my notice. And, and that's how I ended up being. I had no idea what I was going to. I literally rocked up on a tiny airstrip in Zambia with no idea what I committed to. But it was the best, best decision that I ever made. And it is, it's funny how this happens that, that I had gone to this remote wilderness and I ended up meeting this incredible couple. And the, the lady, she's still very much a life mentor to me. And I ended up going and living and working with them in California for a year after that. And the interesting thing was I, Africa really got under my skin in a way that only Africa can. It's, it's an incredible environment to be in. And I spent many of my um, primary school years growing up in West Africa. So it wasn't a totally new environment to me, but, um, but Zambia really stole my heart and the people there and everything about it. The wildlife was utterly incredible. And so when you really believe in something and you really feel passionate about something, um, it means that when you go to work on those kind of projects, you bring a renewed energy to it. And that's really what happened when I was in California. And the story that led to me being involved in web design was because in 2002, web, websites were still a little bit of a novelty back then. And we had a website but we were paying quite a lot of money for our web design agency to do updates for us. And we totally recognized that it was an amazing tool for us to keep in touch with our benefactors and um, really spread the word about the amazing projects that we were implementing. So we were implementing educational programs and anti-poaching programs where I had been based in Zambia. And, um, and so we were really benefiting the people and the wildlife there. And so, um, our website was going to be a really key tool for getting the word out about the projects that we were running. And yet it was costing us so much money to run it. And the reality was that, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not begrudging the fact that our web design agency or shaming them of the fact that they charged us a lot of money, you know, they had a skill and they were delivering a service, but actually we, every time we paid them to do updates and, you know, add newsletters as you did back then, that kind of thing was, taking a child out of a school or denying them an opportunity to go back into education or it was literally maiming an elephant through pulling an anti-poaching patrol that month and so the impact of our business expenses on our website was so real and so impactful i think that that's really important as well isn't it and i can tell from the passion you know, in your voice how much this means to you and yet you have an example that not many people have you know the effect of you spending the money on the website was so tangible because you knew yeah. exactly the impact that that could be having on the cause that the website was all about you know so when you That's can right. marry one thing against the other and you're so passionate about it there actually is a clarity in what you need to do i imagine yeah, but, I mean, it was just such a direct correlation. And so it was almost a no-brainer that I, I just said to my CEO one day, you know what, how difficult can this be? Can we not do it ourselves? And, you know, this was before the days of YouTube and Google. And so it was literally a case of me buying books, trying to learn code. And, of course, it wasn't with the blessing of our web design agency. And I was a complete technophobe. So I was more 
comfortable, you know, warding off rampaging elephants than even sending emails. So the thought of even like making changes to our website was utterly <laughs> insane to me. And, um, and the day that we made our first, that we published our first change live on the website was a terrifying moment because I thought I was going to bring the whole thing crashing down and that I would have nobody to turn to to help me fix it. And, um, and it was a moment of liberation. And we were so ecstatic when it didn't go wrong. <laughs> the sky <laughs> didn't fall in on us that day. It was, you know, it all went to plan. And it was like, wow, we can do this. And we realized that we had just empowered ourselves in all things around online marketing and around our website. And it was, um, it was just a very pivotal moment, actually, in my life. And the, the weird thing that then happened was that our PR agency asked if I could help them with their website, which was, I just thought was hilarious. I was like, you must be yeah. kidding me. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, um, and so I, I said to them, you know, I will try to help you. But honestly, I'm just like, I'm like, this is the blind leading the blind. And so I helped them with theirs and really to great effect. And then one of our directors was a wildlife artist and she asked me to help with hers. And it just kind of snowballed. And I realized there was a real desire for small business owners and entrepreneurs to understand how to actually take control of their own websites. And so when I came back to the UK in 2003 to get married, I, um, I set up my first online marketing agency, which was setting up very simple, straightforward websites for small business owners, which were, had a very strong marketing focus because Faye, you're probably too young to remember, but back then all the websites were all like, they were all flash and they were tickers and oh, they were, they were awful. You know, every kind of techno gizmo that you could include on your website, everyone was throwing it in there because it was the latest newfangled thing. The thing to have and the thing to do. Yeah, and they were awful. These websites were so difficult to navigate. You couldn't find any information on them. And so what I did was I started creating very simplistic marketing-focused websites and then teaching people how they could maintain them themselves without having to keep coming back to me to do small tweaks and changes and add special offers and add new images and that kind of thing. And people were like, you're crazy because you're cannibalizing your own sort of maintenance contracts. But actually, it was the whole ethos behind what I wanted to do was I wanted to empower people. Well, I, I and think that, that well, the whole time you've been talking, empowerment is the word that's been in my mind because small businesses... Um, and I uh, run a holiday cottage and retreat business. And so I'm in a whole um, market there of people who absolutely need a website and they have no idea how to go about it. And so I'm not saying the website design agencies that they go to rip them off, but they're not the right kind of business for a very, very small business who just needs a very basic you know, marketing tool that doesn't have to be all singing and dancing. And yet they don't know where to go to get that. So they do go to the bigger website design agencies and spend thousands of pounds because they don't know what else there is. Yeah, it's true. It is true. And actually, you know, the tools now are very intuitive. So WordPress, yeah, it's a learning curve, but actually people can learn it. And so it was about four years ago when I transitioned to actually teaching people how to create their own websites rather than me building it for them because then they have the opportunity to literally build it from scratch. And then if they ever want to do a revamp, if things change, because people's businesses evolve quickly now and their, their markets and their audiences evolve too. And if people have actually built their own websites, then they have a huge amount of control of how that website evolves with their business. And there's no more looking back at your website in shame and saying, 
oh, you know, that's not a reflection of what I do. That's like, you know, I can't send traffic there. I don't want to give out my business card at my networking event because actually people will go and look at my website and it's, I'm too embarrassed to show them it. And so that all of that just disappears when you have your own control over it. And there's definitely a place for web designers. And I still design websites for clients who, you know, don't have any interest in learning how to do it themselves. Um, and there's definitely, you know, the big agencies, I'm not saying that they're redundant by any stretch of the imagination, but it's when you're starting out in business, there's definitely a really good case to be made for understanding how to do things yourself, whether it's building your website, whether it's doing your Facebook ads, whether it's doing your own PR, there's, there's a case for actually understanding how to do it before you pass it off to somebody else. Because when you understand what's involved, you are in such a better position to manage that process with someone else running it for you. It's a little bit like um, when I take my car to the garage, if it's not working, um, I literally, I look under the hood and I have no idea what's gone wrong with it. And when I take it to the garage, it could cost £40 to fix it or it could cost £4,000 to fix it. I'm utterly clueless. And it's the same with your website because actually if you have a good handle on how long tasks are going to take to complete or what's actually involved in the process, you know, you might think something's only going to take 10 minutes and then you're really angry when someone invoices you for three hours for the work that, that they've done. You know, it doesn't make you a good leader. It doesn't make you a good manager. It doesn't make for a good business working relationship with the person that you've outsourced it to. So actually you having a good, a good grasp of what's involved is can just make you so much of a better business person and a much better leader. Make you more confident as well, because you have the confidence to know that when you've written a blog, you can upload it. If you've had yes. some images, you can put them on yourself and there's no time lag. You know, it's, like you say, the marketplace is huge. You can't compare startup, very small businesses with any of the huge commercial entities. And so the, the product that they're going to use is never going to be the same. Their requirements are different. And so to be able to, it's like giving a, a tool and a toolkit to exactly the people who need it um, in, in the right format, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. Um, and I think, you know, as we're all kind of new age entrepreneurs, aren't we? And we like to have a really good handle on how things work and how things are going to um, turn out and how we can actually develop them. And, and I'm, I really notice a big desire for that and, a, and, you know, a real hunger for people to want to be able to do this stuff themselves, even if they're, you know, I work primarily with coaches and therapists and people transitioning out of corporate. And these are creative visionaries these are people who actually don't ever want to touch a line of code because it scares the hell out of them and it, but it used to with me as well and actually you can build a website now without touching a single line of code um, and so yeah people people really now get very excited about having the opportunity to learn how to do this kind of thing themselves because it is yeah it, it liberates you it gives you the opportunity to not be you know, you feel like you're disempowered when you have to go and ask, you know, somebody else all the time, or like you say, submit design changes and then be terrified of the bill that you're going to get back in response. Yeah, or, or what I see a lot of is um, people having asked their cousin or their brother-in-law to build a website for them when they first started out and then, and then kind of going cap in hand and feeling really uncomfortable about having to ask them to make changes or, you know, you've got a new special offer coming up and could they just put a new page up about that? And, you know, people are busy, so they feel slightly uncomfortable with it. And so releasing yourself of that reliance on somebody else 
can be, like you say, very liberating. And how did you end up working with um, coaches and mentors and in the, um, you know, leaving the nine to five background? Was that a natural area that you settled in? Is it because you resonate with those kind of people? Yeah, but, but that, again, it all comes down to synchronicity, doesn't it? So when I was first transitioning from the kind of done-for-you service where I would build websites and I was, I was literally burning out. So I had such a massive backlog and waiting list of clients that had all come through word of mouth, which is a really nice problem to have. But actually, you know, I was trying to cram in projects and I was getting up at five in the morning to just work on deadlines. And, you know, it was driving my husband crazy. He was like, there's got to be a better way for you to do this. It's one of those things that people say it's a nice problem to have until they're in that situation when they have no clue, you know, how, how close, how stressed you are and how highly strung because there aren't physically enough hours in the day. And we can't just work just because the work's there and you're getting paid for it doesn't mean you can just carry on indefinitely, does it? Yeah, it's so true. And it was, I I did find those. In fact, I had a kind of medical crisis, which was my tipping point. My husband was in the military and he was away at the time. We had our second child who had silent reflux and he never slept for more than 40 minutes at a time. And then I was diagnosed with a really excruciating nerve condition in my face. And um, and it was like an eye opener to me. It was like, okay, this is broken and something has to change. And I I knew that I couldn't fix it myself because I'd been doing it for so long. I was so caught in the trenches mm. that I, I was a little bit like a rabbit in headlights. I just didn't, I knew there must be a better way, but I didn't know how to do it myself. And um, so I took on my first ever business mentor and it felt like a really big investment in myself. And, um, and she gradually helped me turn things around to delivering programs online. And, and that was that was a it was a really amazing time for me because it made me realize that actually people could be doing this themselves and I could be teaching them in group coaching programs and um and so it kind of developed through a necessity but it 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 was the right time for it to come about and at exactly the same time because it was through that same business mentor it was the lady in my group she was a business coach she asked me to support her clients who were going through an online client attraction program if I would support them on all the tech side so help them set up their webinars help them do their email marketing help them do their Facebook ads all that kind of stuff that they felt uncomfortable with and they were all therapists and a lot of them were transitioning from therapy to becoming coaches and so that was a 12-week program so I was kind of part of the team supporting them and um, and at the end of it about well it was just it was one lady at first said you know what i would really love to learn how to build my own website and then somebody else went oh that would be amazing could you do that could you teach us and that's how my signature program evolved was because about six of the ladies on that program asked me if i would help them build their website and so they were really i guess they were my guinea pigs but they became my best ambassadors because I was slightly skeptical about it because I was thinking, you know, I'm not sure that I can teach them everything they need to know to build a successful website. I could build, I could teach them how to build a website that's like an online brochure, but to teach them how to build one that's really going to work hard for them from a marketing perspective, I don't know if I can teach them everything they need to know in 12 weeks. And even I was amazed by the results that they got and what they created. And it gave me huge confidence then in moving forward with developing the program further and then starting to market it 
And, um, and so, and I still work with those ladies now and, um, we have, I have a kind of follow-up program from my So you work with program. the original people from that group? Yeah. Oh, that's so incredible, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's still and part of my kind of insider group that I have. So people who come through my signature program, have, they have an opportunity to join my insider group and, um, and they're still in there now. So it's, and that's, it's wonderful because really, again, that was another kind of pivotal moment for me because if they hadn't suggested it, I don't know if I ever would have offered it because it hadn't kind of occurred to me that it would be possible. So that's again, synchronicity of things happening how they should do. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But you know, it does, it all comes down to that idea of being open to opportunities. And I'm really, I'm a great believer in, um, you know, that, that, our, that our deeper wisdom, our inner wisdom is actually our greatest leader. And yet so often we just turn it off we switch off to it and we listen to all of our mind chatter and we don't listen to actually what feels really good absolutely and, um, and and i think as entrepreneurs we are bombarded with so many opportunities so often and and very often it's harder to say no it takes a lot more courage to say no to some of those things than it does to actually step into the opportunities you have to and you have to really start to dig deep and think okay what feels good what feels right and, and move forward with those and, and leave everything else to one side. You might be able to come back to them another time. But actually, that's where the synchronicity comes in, I think, is having the ability. And I wouldn't say that I'm intuitive. I'm not particularly um, tuned into my own emotions. But actually, I've been fortunate enough to have opportunities presented to me where I've felt able to say yes and step into them. I was listening to a program yesterday um, about how important it is to follow your instinct because decisions based on instinct are over 90% more likely to be the successful decisions in your life than th those that you think about. And so quite often we have one of those instinctive thoughts, don't we? And go, oh my goodness, that's ridiculous. And you almost, you don't even let it go. You almost push it away because it seems far-fetched or it seems silly. Um, or yeah. you don't want to be seen as instinctive. You don't want to, you know, instinctive isn't necessarily something that we perceive as a good thing. And yet it's actually proven that when we do follow our instinct, we are making the best decisions. They are the higher quality thoughts that come through. Isn't that amazing? So I, if we've got time, I've got a little story about that. That I can tell mm, you. Please, yeah. Um, and that is, so my, it was really my very first business decision that I had to make, not business decision, career decision. So I was, when I left university, you know, I did the whole year interrail thing when I left school and I did, um, I went traveling with a friend after uni. And then I ended up in a two year graduate program where I was working for an organization up near Leeds. And at the same time I was running through a master's. So up there I was able to do, you know, my Chartered Institute of Marketing diploma. And it was a really great opportunity to kind of develop my career progression and um and I was being mentored by their managing director so I was working alongside him and um as my um two-year graduate program was coming to an end I still had four months of my master's to finish and I had to stay within that role in order to finish off my master's and they had offered me a full-time role once the graduate program finished anyway but at the same time I was offered this incredible opportunity with the BBC to go down to London and work as part of a five-man team to launch all of their digital services. And we were basically, the team was going to be tasked with educating the nation about the switch over from analog to digital. And it was a, an incredible kind of once in a lifetime opportunity. And it literally was so fortunate how it landed on my plate because it came through a kind of backdoor route. And anyhow, 
But there was this huge dilemma because if I took the job down in London, I wouldn't be able to finish my master's. And there was no kind of, okay, I'll put it on hold. I, I wouldn't be able to come back to it. The door wouldn't be left open for that. And, um, and although I hadn't accepted this extension of my role up there, I knew that I was going to let a lot of people down if I'd stayed in this, if I, if I took the job down in London. So I went to see my chairman of the organization and he's this amazing, amazing guy who, um, he's just very, very wise. And, um, and I already knew what I wanted to do. I absolutely knew, but my head was saying, I have to stay. And everyone was saying, you, you would be crazy to leave when you've just done two years worth of work for your master's and then you just chuck it all in when you've only got four months left to do. And, um, and there's all that mind chatter going on, isn't there? It's like, yes, of course, it would be a crazy thing to just throw, throw in the towel on all of that. Whereas my heart was saying, you've got to do it. You've got to go down to London. This is an incredible opportunity. And so I went to see my chairman about it. And I knew that he was biased because he wanted me to stay in the role. And, you know, I can never thank him enough for this. He sat back and he said to me, he said, I'm not going to tell you what I think you should do, because he said, I think you know what you should do. But he said, I am going to tell you this. And that is that your life experience and your work experience will always be more valuable to you than a qualification or a piece of paper. And that was it. That was all he said to me about it. And it was as though he just, in that moment, he gave me permission to walk away from my master's. And um, bless him, he's not on this earth with us anymore. But he, that was really, and also in that moment, he gave me permission to make so many of those other decisions that people thought was utterly crazy, like saying yes to a job in Zambia when I met a guy yeah, in a bar. Yeah, <laughs> it set off that whole chain of events. And it's funny, um, I can hear you smiling, you know, as you're recalling that exact moment that opened the, floodgates for you that opened all of these doors to opportunity and gave you permission to to say yes yeah absolutely and um yeah you know I just I think that a lot of people when people say oh you know you have amazing opportunities that presented to you not not to me specifically but they'll talk about people who have kind of been born with this silver spoon in their mouths because they have incredible opportunities Actually, I think that people make those opportunities just through their ability to say yes to them. And, um, and we, you know, now we're of that kind of age where we have responsibilities, we have mortgages, we have kids in school and all that kind of thing. It becomes harder to walk into opportunities. And, um, you know, we can't always say yes to an overseas opportunity or say yes to just ditching our current job and going and doing something else. But for, for some people, it might be stepping into the opportunity of, you know, exploring an art class or um, having a look at a new business opportunity with someone that they hadn't considered partnering up with before or looking at a new relationship with new eyes, you know, so there's possibilities and opportunities everywhere and we just kind of need to open ourselves up to them a little bit. And be open, yeah, open ourselves up. I, um, I did my first um, paid speaking engagement at the weekend and I'm on, yeah, it was, it was totally my absolute passion. And um, especially having done radio for such a long time, you know, speaking and talk radio and talking is my thing. And, um, but I had a couple of people in a mentor group that I'm in saying, wow, how did you, how did you get that? And I said, actually, I just decided that I wanted to do speaking engagements. I changed my status on, you know, the various platforms and things. And the next day, 
the opportunity landed in my inbox from somebody and something that I had no connection with before. And so brilliant. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, if I had ignored it or not listened to my instinct, it it never would have happened. And as it happened, Google were at the event that I spoke at and have then invited me to apply for their speaking program. So, you know, that's a whole, it's exactly that thing. It's opening the doors and then once you do the opportunities just absolutely flood through that's amazing that is so good and it's funny about the speaking thing because it sounds like something that you love for me speaking on stage is actually really really nerve-wracking it's something I'm not comfortable with at all and yet I was given an opportunity to speak at a conference in London in March this year and um and the connection was very tenuous because someone had made a mistake. They had thought that I had a connection with Zimbabwe because they've <laughs> obviously heard me talking about Zambia before. Oh, no. and they of Zambia. So they put me in touch with this woman who was um, um, organizing this event to help uh, adolescent girls back into education in Zimbabwe. And I said to her, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for you. I love the sound of the project and um, I would love to help you out with your website. And so I started creating the website for the event. And um, and whilst we were having a conversation one day, she said, I'm just curious to what your interest in Africa is. So I told her the story about Zambia, but I actually told her a story about how I, um, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, how I kind of bumped into a wild lioness one morning and, um, and how that kind of came about and how I walked away from it alive (laughs) and um and so she said she said to me do you know what I would love for you to be a speaker at the event and I instantly so my instant reaction was to say no I I was like I really really don't want to I'm so uncomfortable with it um but instead I found myself saying yes I said yes of course I'd love to I accepted it as graciously as I could whilst (laughs) I was kind of quick my shoes and um when I got there to the auditorium that day, I kind of looked down from the top and I, I was just, my heart was in my stomach. I was just like, oh my goodness, this is going to be terrible. And it was a, an audience of lawyers and CEOs and managing directors, really not my audience at all, because I love working with coaches and therapists and entrepreneurs because they're such a forgiving audience. <laughs> and you kind of have this, have this idea that all of these really high flying lawyers and stuff are going to be very hard nosed and really super critical. And actually, luckily, I was one of the last people on the stage and by that point I had realized that everyone in the room was just normal people with big hearts and wanting to make a difference in Africa and um and so I'd have been able to kind of relax into it a little bit by then but um and that then opened doors lots more doors to me I had two more speaking engagements that people booked me for that day there and then wow and, that's incredible and again, you know it's kind of totally out of my comfort zone I still don't enjoy it i you know, I'm totally fine doing Facebook lives, doing podcasts, all this kind of stuff, but actually standing in front of people on stage, it's, um, I, I need to get some coaching around it. <laughs> I think as well, if you remember that, you know, you're giving them something that is really individual and unique and interesting. You've had experiences that very few people have had. And so by sharing your story, you know, you're actually doing those of people who are listening to you a favor because it is really interesting and and unique. And it's an insight that very few people have. So from that perspective, you know, you're, you're doing them a service. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's that's my, that's my bit of coach. (laughs) So what does um, Vicky look like um, nowadays? Is it insight into your, into Vicky's week? 
Yes, yeah, so I have regular coaching calls with my clients. So I have my WordPress Success Bootcamp, which is my signature program. And so that is, it's on a rolling basis. So I work with them primarily on Wednesdays. And then I have um, my insider group. And so I also work with them on a bi-weekly basis. Um, so I have time carved out in my diary just for clients. And then I have um, time carved out in my diary for self-development. So I run through lots of courses. I spend way too much money on self-development <laughs> and learning, um, but we're always learning. We're always a work in progress. Um, and then I have um, days for content creation. My, I'm lucky that my um, husband gets up very early to get a train. So I'm, I'm up at quarter to six every day, which gives me really, really focused space in my mind for, for the first hour of every day where I can uh, really focus on content. And I love that undisturbed time when there's no emails coming in, the phone isn't ringing, and, and then I go and get my children up and take them to school and um, kind of come home and walk the dog. And then it's sometimes, it's sometimes 10.30 before I'm actually sitting down at my desk because I'll try to go for a run before I actually start work as well. So um, running is my, is my tonic. It's really my, my medicine. It's not because I'm like some kind of super fit athlete or anything. It's just that I really <laughs> enjoy it. And it gives me a lot of headspace. It gives me time out. So um, I'm it's very amazing. much connected. So many runners say that, don't they? You know, it is part of the routine that keeps them well it keeps them yeah. well and sane and mindful and balanced that's it we see i um you see i work with so many therapists who really i've had lots of people try to convert me to meditation and i've tried really really hard to do it um but i i i kind of feel like i'm a little bit of a hopeless case of meditation it's never i've just never really made it work for me and yet running is my meditation and i've started to realize that that we we just, we process things differently. And so what might work for one person doesn't work for everybody. And so I think running is just, it's my way of switching off my mind and, and I love it. And it's just, obviously it's very physical and it gives me an opportunity to be in nature as well. I'm just really fortunate. I live in Suffolk in a very rural area. And so it's not very often that I'll go for a run without seeing something that inspires me like deer or even just rabbits or squirrels yeah. or, or, or even the greenery I find, you know, it's yeah. just so grounding and calming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so that's, I guess I, I kind of gave you a convoluted answer as to how. Not at all. No, no, it's, it's, it's always good to know, especially for those of us who, you know, when we do work for ourselves, we're on our, our own a lot of the time. And I think it's really interesting to understand what other people's weeks look like because it, you know, it gives us an insight that you would never have otherwise. Yeah. I tell you what's a big part of my, of my day and my week. So in the car, I'm always listening to podcasts. And, um, and so that's a really big part of my inspiration and my learning and even just a feeling of community actually, because when you, I mean, when I first started out back in 2003, I'm, it's, it's almost embarrassing to say I was very insular, I was very focused on my projects and I literally, sometimes I just didn't speak to people for days and days and days. And I think that's how I ended up in this kind of turmoil of just being so overwhelmed with my work was because I was living on a military base most of my life and, um, and lots of military wives give up their jobs to follow or give up their careers to follow their spouses around. And 
So that the entrepreneurial life, I didn't know anybody else who was an entrepreneur and not a single person, even my mum, even my mum had no idea what it was that I did. <laughs> um, so, so to kind of explain to people, you know, the pressures of, you know, trying to do all your own accounting and all your own marketing and all of your client fulfillment and everything else. People were like, why aren't you coming for coffee or why aren't you coming out for a meal or why yeah. can't we go for a run together? It's, um, you know, it was kind of a difficult environment for me to grow and expand in. And, um, and so I kept myself very small and very insular for a very long time. And, um, and like I say, it really took that medical crisis for me to break out of that and realize that things had to change. But the thing now about podcasting that I really love is that it almost brings people into your own space and makes you realize that there are people who are going through exactly the same challenges and exactly the same experiences as you are going through as an entrepreneur. And it just takes away that feeling of loneliness and that feeling of not having anyone that can relate to you. So I think, and I that's really... exactly why I set this up. Uh, exactly why, because every time I, you know, I have a, a networking group that meets in person, I have the business confidence club online and we are all experiencing exactly the same issues. So to listen to somebody else and see what kind of things they did to help, you know, address those issues is just so, you know, it's welcoming and it makes you feel part of something a lot bigger than just you and your laptop. So as you know, this is the Confidence and Happiness and Positivity podcast. Have you got any tips for our listeners that you employ to, to keep your confidence there or to help you maintain professional or personal confidence? Um, well, do you know what? I, so I used to have a real confidence issue around visibility. So I, um, I used to play small. I didn't like to even put myself out there on Facebook or, and I think that was a fear of most rejection, but almost mockery. I was frightened of what people would think about what it was that I was doing because I didn't feel like anyone had a really good grasp on it. And so now um, my business mentor that I first worked with, she always said to me, version one is better than version none and just do it. You just hit publish or you just hit send and you just go for it. And it's a kind of motto that I use a lot with my clients because I find that people really have a, a fear of putting themselves out there, whether it's on Facebook or social media generally, or even publishing blog posts or their website. And, um, and so now I always just say, do you know what? You can go back and tweak it. It doesn't need to be something. It's not like sending a brochure to the printers where once it's yeah. set in stone, once it's printed, yeah. there's no going back. When you see that typo and you have that moment of, I've just spent a thousand pounds on leaflets and there's a typo in it, you can change things on your website. So I would just say to anybody, and the same with social media, I know it feels like there's a permanency and a kind of elevation of time when it's available, but you can still change your social media posts. You can go in and edit them. So if you post something and it's not quite so you're wanting it to, or if you put something on your website, you can just change it tomorrow. So the, the best thing to do is to keep moving forward because that perfection stops so many of us in our tracks where we feel like it has to be absolutely perfect before we go with it. And it's really just a procrastination. It's something that honestly, honestly, I get, I'm contacted about every single day. And it actually even affected me when I started the Business Confidence Club in that, you know, who's she to be saying this? Who's she to be offering training yeah. and workshops about it? And then I actually thought to myself, nobody else I know personally is doing this. So just by the sheer nature of me being the one doing it, I'm really proud. And, you know, it's not always going to be perfect, but 
I'm out there and I'm working with people and they are loving it and it's making a massive difference to their businesses and their lives. And so it, that those kind of things really help, don't they? In saying, yeah. you know, it, it, no, and also the people that I was worried about what would, they would think, they're usually the ones who think it's fantastic and they're the most supportive <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's fabulous, isn't it? I think it's great that you're doing that and you're supporting people in their journeys because it's so, so valuable. And I wish, I just wish that I had done something like that sooner. I mean, the, the kind of services that you're offering, maybe they were around. I just wasn't looking for them back in 2003 when I started out. Um, but I just think, and, and that is something that I would say to anyone who is just embarking on a journey, or even it doesn't matter how far through your entrepreneurial journey you are, that actually you should make sure that you work with someone who can support you. And if that's at a coaching level or a mentorship level or joining a kind of membership, something like your club, then I would just say, absolutely go for it because it's an investment in yourself. And there's, there's just no better investment you can make. And once you take that step to make an investment in yourself, it's like an up-leveling of your mindset. Suddenly you feel as though you're worthy of it and it feels like you're taking your business to the next level. So yeah, I just really encourage anybody to, to follow that path and make sure that you have a coach on your side. Amazing. And also, women, female entrepreneurs are just the biggest cheerleaders, aren't they? Being part of networks where people are absolutely applauding every success and, and you know, every new venture is an amazing place to be. Yeah. And I love that. I love it. And that's also why I love working with coaches and therapists because they are just such a giving community. And in fact, so there's, there is a book that I would love to give a mention to, and it's called the go giver. And, um, and it's written in a really unique kind of way. It is a business book, but it's written through a story and, um, <clears throat> it's about an ambitious, uh, an ambitious young guy. And it's about how he's really pulled together from his own coaches that he meets along his journey and how that just rockets him into success and how he opens himself up to the power of giving. And it's just, it's a really, it's a fabulous, fabulous story and it's a fabulous book with a great moral to it. And it'll, it makes you look at business in an entirely different way. It sounds so amazing. I, I, the Go-Giver, I'll share details of it with the podcast in the, in the notes as well. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Vicky, um, and find out more about what you do, how can they go about that? So um, my website is thewebsitementor.com. And the place that I hang out most online actually is in my Facebook group, which is the WordPress Happy Community. And that's a free group. And it's got lots of entrepreneurs in there and huge amount of... Um, we do lots of training and there's lots of networking that goes on in there. And that's, that's where I spend most of my time online. So I'll put that in the uh, podcast notes as well, but that's the WordPress happy community. Yes, that's right. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely delightful to speak to you and learn about your journey. Thank you, Faye. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you very much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Confidence, Happiness and Positivity podcast with me, Faye Edwards. For more information, please visit www.fayeedwards.co.uk.